That's it, people. We're back. It's Steve. It's Jeff. It's the Steel Target Paid Podcast. Steve, how you doing tonight? Good, Jeff. How are you doing? Oh, I'm great. Just got done with a little Monday practice and uh, had a couple students. I was also training, uh, doing a little prep for the South Georgia match this coming weekend. How about you? Oh, you're coming up for it, huh? I am going to be there. Absolutely. Yeah, I shot a couple rounds tonight and then I realized, wow, it's been a while since I've done this. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is. It is a learned skill and is it a diminishable skill? Yeah. Well, how, how was, how are your average, uh, your average times doing there, Steve, how they compare to the peak times, you know, uh, right out of the gate, eh, a little bit, let's just say, yeah, we get back to the fundamentals and then we, uh, glided right past the peak time. So it wasn't uh, bad. Well, you know, our topic today uh, is actually going to be, uh, talking about the peak times and actually the other three proposals that have been made, um, uh, uh, by the director of steel challenge, Zach Jones for, uh, changes, uh, in policies, uh, to steel challenge. And so I, I wanted to talk, uh, talk them and uh, express, uh, to every one of our listeners, a, a little information behind them and to also let them know where they can find them and that they should get out there and read them. And if they have comments to please make them, uh, and if they want to, uh, there's a voting opportunity so you can vote on these, uh, and let your voice be heard and help the area directors uh, make a decision as to whether or not uh, the organization uh, wants to have these changes made. So right, let's get let's, right into that. Yeah, let's walk through them. So uh, the first one is talking about the peak time stage changes. And uh, what they've got here is that the results from the 2022 WSSC match were used. Uh a division had to have at least 10 competitors for any kind of analysis to be done. Uh, From then, what was done was that all scores from 95 to 110% of the current peak time were used and averaged to come up with what the new proposed time should be for that division and that stage. Uh, and I think this is really important because, you know, the, the GM classification does run from 95 to hundred. And there are definitely people who can shoot faster than hundred percent. But when you start taking into those people that are shooting faster than 110%, they can make a big difference into changing the numbers. And I give them all the credit in the world for being able to shoot that fast, but they're kind of like the curve breakers in, you know, history class where, you know, everybody got a C and this person got an A and you, you know, you took them out back and beat them up afterwards. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, and then there was one thing that was added this year that was very interesting. And uh, that if, uh, if less than five people shot, a GM qualifying time for a division for a stage, then they're going to add 0.1 seconds to the current peak time. Okay. Why would they do that? And this is because it's to reflect what the current shooting community is doing in the divisions. Um, Open would be a great example. There aren't a whole lot of people 
shooting open. There are some, but not a lot. And those that are shooting it. It's because the peak times are too low, Jeff. That's why. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why we're raised. They're raising the peak times. Mm -hmm. So if we take open, for instance, it's actually for us. And now this is, again, this is across all eight stages. It's, it's going from 84 to 84.52. Okay. So it is an adjustment. It's a small adjustment, but it's an adjustment to try to level where that time should be based on how people are shooting right now and what people are shooting right now. So a good example, let's go down the list alphabetically. Carry optics. Um, that hasn't had a change since that division was adopted. And my understanding of that was that was because there was never enough data to make a decision as to whether or not changes should be made with this new methodology. They're looking at it. So, so it's actually getting slightly faster, but there's actually some stages that are getting quote unquote, slower. So a good example of that is five to go. Five to go for carry optics used to be 11 seconds flat. The proposal has it moving to 11.1 seconds because nobody, there weren't five people at the WSSC who shot a GM time on five to go. Interesting. And, you know, when you look at uh, what uh, there were 40 competitors at the World Speed Shooting Championships, I think, or 40 plus in, in carry optics. So it's basically, uh, from what I can tell, they're trying to normalize the times based on, again, who's shooting the divisions and, and, and how they're shooting them. So what happens to Rimfire Rifle Open as an example? Rimfire Rifle Open. It is getting faster by 0.35 seconds. Okay. So it's currently at 68. It's going to go down to 67.65. Okay. And as I look at, uh, based on the changes, and there's a couple other things in here uh, that I think uh, uh, should be called out before we, we, we continue on this, is that if you noticed it's no longer quarter second differentiation. It's actually going to be what the average says it should be. Mm-hmm. So I'll give you an example. Smoke and hope for PCCI. The peak time will now be 7.63 seconds. Well, if the proposal goes through. Please, I don't, I don't want to propose. I don't want to assume sure, it's sure, going sure. Should the proposal go through, the peak time will be 7.63. Okay. So they're actually going to go down to the hundreds of seconds uh, because we record in the hundreds of seconds. So I think that's something that gives us that, that perfect granularity. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, uh, the changes uh, had to be made in half second intervals. And that's huge. Right, right. <laughs> that's a lot. Um, and so now the one thing that this, uh, proposal does state is that, uh, if a change 
positive or negative were um, less than 0.1 or a tenth of a second, then no change is administered. It's like we're close enough. Make sense? Yep. Yep. So, uh, yeah, actually, uh, oddly enough, uh, you want to take a guess at the I, I gave you rim fire rifle. Uh, which division will have the largest change? Ooh. I'm going to say. Hmm. Is it an obscure one? Probably not. PCCO. Oh, so close. You were one letter off. PCCI. Yes. Really? PCCCI. And I have a theory behind this. When I was looking at these numbers, I have a theory about this. Um, the best of the best PCCI shooters. It's a small division to begin with, and the best of the best are coming to make it and making it to Worlds. Got it. You know, and of course, if you were to go back and look at what a guy like Chris Barrett, who's like insane with a PCCI, I would bet most of his scores didn't even weren't even taken into consideration for the peak time stage changes because he's probably shooting most of these stages over 110% of what the current right. peak is. Oh, I'm sure. So I, again, it's not taking any away from, from Chris, uh, but it is, it is trying to be relatable to what, I don't want to say the average person because a person who makes it to GM is an average, but we'll say the average GM is doing. How's that sound? Fair. Cool. So, so, so what, what's the PCCI time? So the PCCI is actually going to get faster by 1.34 seconds. Okay. That's the biggest change. Now, there's one other division that actually has more than a one-second change, but, of course, it's less than the 1.34. You want to take a guess at that one? I'm going to say... We know it's not rimfire rifle. Already go over those numbers. Rimfire pistol iron. You know, pistol iron is only changing by 0.05 seconds. It's because there's so many people that are shooting it. I don't know. That are, that are Grandmaster. I don't know. I'm not sure about that. But the one, again, off by one letter. Rimfire rifle iron. No. Wrong Dang. letter. <laughs> oh. Rimfire pistol open? Pistol open is changing by 1.14 seconds. Really? So uh, there's a lot of people that are that are uh, cranking it out. And, you know, uh, it, it was funny because uh, I was doing my own analysis. You know, everybody knows I'm kind of a data nerd. And uh, was playing around with some of the numbers. And I tell you, this world speed shoot seemed to be the year that everybody figured out how to shoot speed option fast. <laughs> speed <laughs> option. I was shooting that just a little bit ago, Jeff. Were you? Awesome. Ever done. Awesome. So, so, yeah, so that's a little bit on the peak times changes. And I'll, uh, I will tell everyone, too, um, if you uh, – decide not to make a comment or you go back in or, or you think of something and you don't know how to, uh, uh, you know, get a question answered. Uh, you can email Zach Jones at Zach at USPSA.org. 
uh, with any questions. He will be more than happy to uh, answer them to the best of his ability. Uh, so that is that. So the second proposal of four, and I think this one is something that I don't know whether or not it's a perfect proposal, but I think it's something that was absolutely needed. And this is the world speed shooting championships slot policy. So That's Steve, do you know what it means to win a slot to worlds? I don't know, Jeff. Why don't you tell me? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, there's more. <laughs> I don't know why that was so funny. That was a great, Oh, that was good. Um, it's simple. It's the right to register early for the match. That's all it is. All right, let's walk through the detail. It's pretty simple, okay? Um, and again, I'm going to go over the highlights. Uh, you can definitely read deeper into it. Uh, there are uh, 10 notes on here uh, regarding it. But in effect, at, a, at the World Speed Shooting Championships, and at an area match for every 10 competitors in a division, they will give out one slot. So if you, if there was 47 rimfire pistol open shooters at area eight, well, that would be four people the top four people in the division would get a slot to worlds. Okay. But that's so, not it. Okay. But you were going to ask a question. So I'm going to let you ask your question first. Okay. So if I'm a boss and I go up to area eight and I take first place to rimfire pistol open rimfire rifle iron rimfire rifle open, does that mean I get four slots or three slots? Okay. It was are you saying you, Steve Foster, or are you saying someone who lives in Area 8? Great point, Jeff. Somebody that lives in Area 8. Okay, somebody who lives in Area 8. And how many guns did you shoot? Three, and I'm all first place. Then in is if there were 10 competitors in each of those divisions, regardless of whatever class they were in, just in the division, if there was at least 10 competitors and you took first, you would win one slot per unique gun shot. Interesting. Now, here's, here's the cool part. Because you look at that and you go, well, geez, that's only going to be good. That's only doing something good for the top shooters, the GMs. But here's no the next wait. piece. No wait, Jeff. There's more. I mean, there's go more. ahead. Every five competitors when you look at a class are considered. So let's just say we'll go back to our 47 shooters in rimfire pistol open. The top four get a slot. Then they'll look at the cat, the classes. Now let's say they were only three GMs. Well, that one for every five. So no more GMs are going to get a, an award. And let's say they were six masters. Well, that's one. And let's say they were 15 A-class shooters. That's three. 
So this is not I've 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 was talking to this about about this policy with someone. They were like, well, it feels like it's geared and 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 leans towards the elite shooters. And I started giving them this kind of example. Now, granted, it's an example that does have more non-GMs in the example. But when you look at a lot of the area matches, that's exactly what happens. You know, there's a lot less GMs and a lot more of the, you know, uh, B's, A's, and Masters. Right, right, right. Now, here's something that is very interesting. Let's just say, for instance, go back and there's 47 shooters. So we're going to give the top four in the division. And then there's 10 GMs. Well, that's two GMs. But wait a minute. You know, Tommy Smith took took first. Tommy Smith took first and he was also first GM. Yes. You can only win one slot per division shot regardless regardless of class right now everything i just everything i just said about class also holds for category oh wow okay so now go through it again and you go well wait a minute okay you got you know 47 shooters and now you start looking at categories and there's five Ladies, she might, you know, uh, I shouldn't say this, but let's just say for sake of a argument that top lady, you know, wasn't in the top four. So she didn't get a bid there. And she wasn't in a class that had enough shooters to, to give an award, but there were five other ladies in the match that shot that division, she earns a slot. So I think it, you know, when you start looking at how many of this has a potential for giving out, it's going to give out a lot of slots. Yeah. Have you or anybody else done the math on all that? I, I know that not all was there eight areas. Are going to hold a area right. match. Not all eight areas are going to hold a match. Um, not everybody that wins the slot's going to want to go either. I guess exactly. That, but, and but, the tough part is, is that you know I know that that uh, I when I talked to Zach about this, um, he told me that you know he had gone in with some numbers, but even Zach was only able to get close like the numbers he would take about the area matches would have been high. And the reason for that is if, so so here's the interesting thing. Let's say you go to area eight and you live in area six and you shoot rimfire rifle open. And yeah, you come in, you are the fifth GM to shoot the match. There's five GMs. And and let's just say for sake of argument, you know, we'll live in a bizarro world. You come in second. You don't win. I know it hurts, but you had had a gun malfunction. Okay. 
that didn't happen. <laughs> um, your entry does count, even though you're not in the area, it does count to the total number of people shooting the match. You just can't win a match out. You can't win a slot outside of your area. area. So you, so you would have made it possible for a slot to give away because you were the fifth GM. And if that first place shooter was a area eight resident, they would get the slot. All right. We need to probably walk back through that. Let's say, does the division take the precedent over the class? The division. Okay. So the answer is there's three ways you can win a slot at an area match. You can win it because of the division. You can win it because of the class or you can win it because of the category. As soon as you win it, you're not eligible to win the others. So you could look at it and go, okay, first they'll pick division, then they'll pick class, then they'll pick senior, but it doesn't, or, or category. It doesn't really matter which ones you don't get. You only get one, no, but, but it does not drop, you know, like say for instance, if, if Freddie, uh, how can I, how can I do this? Okay. Back to our example, 47 RFPOs. Um, uh, Tommy, Tommy won, uh, and then, uh, when they got to the categories, the second place, Tommy, Tommy wouldn't get it, uh, or the class, Tommy wouldn't get his class award because he got it from the division second play. It, it doesn't, it doesn't then default to second place. If you know what I mean? Well, let me ask you to, let me ask you this way. Let's say there's 10 people that sh- shoot rimfire rifle open. Mm-hmm. and nine people are out of the area, and the 10th person is in the area, does the 10th person automatically get that spot? Only if they win. Only if they win. So if I'm, if I'm top, like, same example, but top two, and there's only 10, and um, I go to area eight, and I win the when rimfire rifle open and there's another grandmaster, I guess it doesn't really matter what their classification is. They come in second, but they're in that area. They don't get the slot is what you're saying. Well, if there was, if it was category based and there was 10, then two slots would be given away. They came in second. They would get it. Got it. So it doesn't, but third uh, place doesn't get it. No, understood. Okay. That's interesting. So look at it this way. In the pre-calculation, you earned the slot because there were enough people in the division to um, give out a slot. The problem was you weren't from that area, so that was then removed. But it doesn't, the logic right now doesn't have it trickling down in, in the current proposal. Got it. So who's going to keep track and do all this analysis? 
headquarters. Whew, more power to them. And then I'll be honest with you. It's, 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 it's not as hard as you think you can almost do it in Excel. Oh, I'm sure you'd have to do it in Excel. Well, you'd really want to do it in a database, but that's what, that's what I do for a living. I'm a database nerd. So (laughs) no, that's that's pretty interesting though. Not that you're um, a database nerd. I got that part, but (laughs) (laughs) that's boring. Uh, The, the thing that they've got, this is, slightly based on not exactly based, but conceptually based the same way they do the slot policies for USPSA. USPSA. So the concept is there. The toughest part, like I said, that Zach wasn't able to do because I asked him this directly. I said, well, great. What happened in this area? He's like, well, I can give you what the worst case scenario would be if everyone who won was from the area. But I think the goal is to give out about somewhere between, I would think maybe 50 or 60% of the registration slots uh, awarded through the slot policy. Now, how will, now understand, because, you know, I'm doing the math. Again, there's some areas that aren't holding area matches this year, but, um, yeah, man, that's uh, it's unfortunate. I, I was thinking, yeah, my gut feel was a couple hundred people could pre-register. So let's say there's 150 people that are eligible to pre-register. Still, what order do they go in? Do you know? Because they're, they're pre- still pre- they're they're pre-registered. So there's you get your code. You've got. I mean, I mean, if I guess it would. You know what I'm asking? Well, I think you're asking to say how much is it going to fill up on the weekends? Oh, I'm, it's going to be most of the weekend. I would think on. so. I would think that most would be uh, registering to shoot on the weekends. Yep. But not all. And, you know, there are there are ROs that won slots that won't need them. There are people who have... So now you now I think the one thing that's not on here, uh, yes it is. You know how we were talking about how you if you win a, a division then you can't win it in the category and you can't win a in the uh, class right? Yeah. There's one extra caveat with regards to the World Speed Shooting Championships. Talk to me. Super Squad. Mm-hmm. If you are awarded a super squad slot. You can choose to accept it or you can choose to deny it. Yeah. But more than likely, and we'll, we'll use our friend Kenny out in California because he's a perfect example. He won RFPO that earned him a super squad slot. Top 10 in the division. Sure. There were, I don't know how many in the division, but there were more than 10 Actually, I take that back. He was top 10 in the match because it's actually the super squad is based on the rimfire pistol match. Right. Okay. So that includes pistol iron. So he was top 10 there. Gets, he gets the, the uh, super squad slot. Then he wins the division. He gets the division. He, you know, he earns a division slot. He earns, he was the number one GM. He wins a GM slot. He's the 
number one junior and he wins the junior slot, but he doesn't. He gets the super, he gets the choice to be on the super squad or not. And that's it. If he denies the super squad, which he is in his more in his right to do. Those other slots don't exist. That's not how it works. So you get awarded the best, you know, the best slot, you know, from, you know, you get awarded that, that uh, super squad slot, that's your ability to get registered early for the match. And of course that does mean shooting on that specific day on that specific squad with that specific gun. Right. Now all the other slots, if you won a slot in open and your Oprah gun broke three months before, you know, your open gun broke right before pre-registration was opened up. And you said, there's no way I'm going to get this fixed in time. You can still sign up for any of the other divisions. You don't have to use the slot for the division you wanted it. That's interesting. And the reason for that is because I'll use myself as as an example. I won a slot for winning senior in Rimfire Pistol Open. And in two weeks, I'm going to Area 6. If I win, if there's enough people to qualify for a slot, uh, should the policy pass based on how this is termed, I would win another slot if I were to, you know, do that at area six for room fire pistol open. Sure. Sure. So sure. Now I have a slot. I won at worlds and I have a slot. I wanted area match. I have the right to use both of those slots. Now you step back and you go, well, wait a minute. You can only register in one division at world speed shooting championships. So this is why yeah. they allowed you to use, use it for any gun you want to shoot. Right. Of course, except for the super squads. You have to shoot a gun for the, of that match. So if you're, if you made the super squad because you're shooting open and on the super squad this year, you want to shoot carry optics. That's fine. Hmm. Interesting. Because the, the super squad is for the center fire match. Yep. Understood. And there's a couple other intricacies intricacies in here. Uh, I suggest everyone, again, uh, go to scsa.org slash proposals uh, and read them. And please, uh, you know, make comments. And again, if you have any questions, uh, send them to Zach at uspsa.org. So the third so, one's going to be quick. Yep, go ahead. So do you know that if you shot single stack, the last time you shot single stack, what, well, no, let's do this. The last time you shot iron sight revolver, because I think you shot it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Okay. Three years ago. Yeah. The last February of 20. Exactly. No, that's perfect. It's well, I don't know, but let's just, let's just say it's, (laughs) it's that. 
the current logic behind what scores are used to calculate your current percentage is the times of the current year plus the previous two years. So uh, we're into 2022. So let's just, as an example, you say you shot that in December of 19. Those scores have dropped off to be able to be used for your percentage calculation. It's confused a lot of people. And, you know, I've, I, I cut my teeth in USPSA and they never drop anything. So I think this proposal is to kind of go into that and say, listen, you shot it, you earned it. Doesn't matter how many years ago it was. That was your best time. That's what we're going to use to calculate your percentage. Got it. But it does kind of tie in to the next one, which I personally think is the best proposal out of the four of them. I actually like them all. But if somebody were to say, what's the best proposal on the list, it would be this one. And that's selective reclassification. I like it. And this is where over the years, the time, the peak times have changed. And let's face it, a couple of years ago, for a couple of divisions, the changes were cutthroat. (laughs) They were brutal. And, but they didn't change anything else. So you had people who were about to make GM. And then they, the, the peak times changed. And now they were an 84% master. And you went, wait a minute. They just went from, a, they, they were almost a 94%. They were a 94% master. And now they're an 84% master. The, well, based on where you were and based on how the, the changes happened in the divisions, I know for a fact this has happened to some people. And so what this allows the member to do is to say, well, my percentage is lower than the percentage for that classification that I'm currently classed at. I would like to selectively move down to the classification that my percentage represents. Now, I don't know about you, but the best part about this is the fact that they're allowing it to be selective. It is not forced. So I'll give you a good example. I'll go back to me. A couple of years ago, I had I shot rimfire pistol iron, ended up like a 95.2% GM. Excited to get the GM. The next year, the numbers changed, and I was a 93% GM. If that same situation were to happen right now, 
and I chose to want to go to a master, I could. But if I choose to say, hey, I was a GM, I earned that GM, I want to stay a GM, then I get that opportunity to do that by doing nothing. So that's why I like this one the best, because it's an opportunity for those to change their class if the numbers warrant it, if they choose to. And if you don't, yeah. if you want to be in, if you want to be a 93% GM, then you may be a 93% GM. What do you think? I like of it? it. I like it. I like it a lot. I think it's, I think it's one that really, you know, as I went through these, myself, I kind of thought to myself, well, how can I play devil's advocate and, and come up with a reason why I don't like the change for this one? I couldn't come up with one. I couldn't come up with one, you know, even if it was somebody complaining about somebody else doing it, well, you know, Fred and I are both grand 94% grand masters, but you know, he's now going to be in a, a master and I'm not moving. Cause I want to keep my GM. And I'm like, you know, I would be like, okay. Yeah. Well, that's not fair. He gets, he gets to compete in master level now too. Well, you're having, you can do that too, but I don't want to lose my gene. You know, again, you see where I'm going with this. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, hey, but um, there, there's also real life situations where, you know, I know somebody that's had an industrial accident and cannot shoot at the same level that they once once were. I think this is a great opportunity for that. And then the other thing is, I think from the speed of the game, I'm, you know, we've talked about ad nauseum how much faster the last couple of years have been. I mean, you know, you go back five, six years ago, you don't recognize the game today. You know, it's just, you know, hats off to, Lance Bratcher Jr. this past weekend. He shot, what, a 55 or something up in the East Coast match? Congratulations, yeah. sir. You know, 55s a couple of years ago, even two years ago. Unheard of. Yeah, it was the it was uh it was the place to be, you know. It was <laughs> it was a it was a unicorn. It was a unicorn score. Yeah. Yep. You know, I mean, people were I I mean I've shot you know, I was fortunate enough in 18, 18 or 19, I forget when, but at US Steel, I ended up third in PCC overall. Yeah. Behind Casey and uh, Cole Bush. Mm -hmm. And we joked about the fact that, like, my score would have been like, would have won like the match the three years prior. And now my score doesn't make like top 20. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's just amazing what people have been able to do with these divisions um, and how fast they're getting. Oh yeah, for sure. And, you know, and they've, they've just taken those divisions to a whole new level. I mean, honestly, what does what Chris shoot in PCCI? He's in the 60s, isn't he? Uh, Did he make it to the oh, 60s yet? 
Oh no, I'm sure he has. I yeah. whew, I'd have to pull it up real quick. But I thought he was like right at sixty, somewhere in there. It's it yeah, you know. And yes, it's a rifle, but it's an iron sight rifle. Come on, you know. Exactly. I mean exactly. <laughs> There's some old eyes looking down them sights, Jeff. Oh, <laughs> I've got to wipe oh, the it. see. I have to wipe the dust off my eyelids before I shoot. Let alone like clearing the dust off the gun. Um, hey, speaking of Chris Barrett, man, that kid lit it up at uh, the Georgia section match. USPSA took first place. Yes, he did. And then this past weekend, North Carolina took them all down. Jeff, all of them, yep. not a single one standing. So congratulations, Chris. No, he's uh, he's definitely one of those uh, that have been able to uh, uh, to cross over and and shoot both sports at a very high level. Yeah, you know, you don't see that a lot and uh, uh, couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. I like Chris, uh, always enjoyed shooting with him and uh, and hanging out with him. And uh, I'm very, uh, very happy for him. Yeah. So let's uh, just see here. I just happened to. Oh, that's not him. Okay. Well, I went to the organization and I was trying to find Chris and I clicked on one and there were no scores. So there must be more than one. There he is. Canton, Georgia. Is that him? Yes, sir. All right. He's up by that way. So let's just look here. His. Okay. So <laughs> this is sick. Now this is his peak times. His peak times? Let me guess. I'm going to say... His, his, the sum of his peak times. Guess what the sum of his peak for, times in PCC Iron is? 53. 52.29. Yep. Absolutely. Now, Kick and roll, son. Now, now, here's the real takeaway. Okay? Six of these top times were set at a WSSC championship. That's crazy, right? One in 2020. One in 2021. And four in 2022. He said four PBs at the last World Speed Shooting Championships in PCC Iron. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, and, and to get this, his PCCO is literally only one about one second faster. Yep. That's blazing fast. He's faster in his PCCI than he is in his RFRI. <laughs> That's crazy. It's crazy. But you know, it's funny. I was talking with a, a number of of the uh, the students that I have, and and they range from you know twelve to seventy two. And when you really break down this game it it's all about one thing it's how fast can you move the gun because how fast you pull the trigger is i mean it's not like uspsa where your splits can make a difference in how well you do i mean there are no splits but i mean there are there is a split but you've also got this moving of the gun you know, so if you can pull the trigger at a 
0.1 split or a 0.12 split, but you can't move the gun that fast. The fact that you can move, you can pull the trigger that fast is irrelevant. See where I'm going there? Oh yeah. hundred percent. Do you agree with it? Yeah. I, I think you got to be able to, I, I think, I think part of it is not necessarily just pulling the trigger faster. It's being able to process that information. Bingo. Quick. And then being able to pull the trigger. And that's, everybody says the kids have great eyes. And I say to them, I'm like, they they may, but it's their ability to process the information. Yes. Yes. How fast do you see something is dependent upon one universal constant for everyone? And it's the speed of light. I was thinking age. (laughs) (laughs) No. But that's how well, fast you process. That's how fast you process it. Yep, yep. Okay. You know, and that's. I mean, yeah, and and of course, you know, then you add in, you know, uh, just just you know, young muscles that move fast, recover fast, don't tire. I mean, I can remember, you know, growing up when I was in college, and you know, you'd play a volleyball tournament all day on Saturday, all day on Sunday, and you know, go for a run on Monday and feel no pain. You know. <laughs> I heard thinking about that now, Jeff. Well, well, I bend over and pick up a tissue when I throw my back out. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my poor wife. Oh, yeah. Do you want to share what happened to to Teresa? You know, it's one of these things. People say, man, you guys have had a rough year, a couple of hospital stays and this and that. It's like, what else could go wrong? My wife tore her calf muscle playing tennis last night, Jeff. Mm -hmm. Calf muscle. Oh. That just, oh, that's, that's a bad deal. That's a bad deal. Well, on, on bad deals, um, I would like you to, I would like you to let our, our listening audience know about, uh, something that happened over the weekend, uh, that is, is very sad. Yeah, it's, uh, it's unfortunate. Um, I got a call from Amanda with Hogue and, uh, man, it's just, a bad situation so um everybody knows hogue the legendary family makes knives and grips and they've been around for uh for a long time they do a lot for the shooting community they uh they donate back and they really give back to the sport and uh unfortunately aaron hogue was flying a jet in a race uh, in reno yesterday and not sure what happened but uh, his plane went down and yeah, unfortunately, he did not. Uh, he did not survive. So, yeah, please be thinking about the Hogue family and put them in your thoughts and your prayers. Well, thank you for sharing that, Steve. And yes, uh, listeners, just you know, put the Hogue family in your thoughts, uh, and you know, just hope they can uh, weather this uh, this tough time because that is uh, that is tragic news. Okay. Well, Steve, I think this is a good one. I think we got good information out, and uh, that's what we're about. Sounds good, Jeff. And one more time, let's go back through. Where do I, because uh, I logged into scsa.org. How can I let people know about these changes and what I think about them? So go to scsa.org slash proposals. Oh, so when I logged in initially, there was a list of, hang on, where to go? Went to my profile, 
And then, uh, okay, so if you go there, SCS, scsa.org, uh, you'll log in, click on your profile. There's uh, announcements that are up, the 2022 Steelers Challenge proposals, and they come right up. There you go. It's got you a link there, a little hyperlink, and you can view it and comment on the proposal. Let me see. Comment. Uh, selective reclassification. Does it give everybody else's comment or just your comment? Uh, you do not get to see the other people's comments. No, I think uh, the org would get that. <laughs> this is, this is not a, this is not a forum. <laughs> That's too bad. We'll just now let's just stop and think about that for a second. You know, somebody wants to you know wants to be able to give their honest opinion, and they don't you know they don't like something for whatever reason, and that is their right. And then suddenly that's uh, open uh, fodder for everyone, and uh, and they're they're suddenly a pariah at the uh, at the next match because they didn't like one of the proposals. <laughs> you know, they don't uh, want that to happen. <laughs> All right. Well, you got to go in and view them before you can comment. Yes. Them, yes. Apparently. You have to view them. So uh, please do that. Please read them. As I said, you know, we talked about the, the PST adjustments uh, and the, uh, especially on the slot policy, uh, they have some, uh, some deeper notes. Uh, we didn't go over all of them. Uh, that'll answer uh, any of your questions. Uh, you know, what matches count, um, uh, what the, what the numbers are and, you know, what logic may be used for the PST. Uh, and, um, you know, I'm not going to give anybody, uh, you know, I think everybody should make their own opinion, but I think everybody has the right to make that opinion. So read the proposals and, uh, and vote. And this will help the board make a decision as to whether or not these uh, policy changes uh, should be incorporated in the new year. Got it. And one tip, cause I just went through it. Um, there's a section that says, let's say, uh, let me go back into it because um, there's a little bit of a bug, I think. So I went to the last one. I went to view proposal. So it comes up. Then with it open, you have to go back and then click comment. If you close it to go back, it doesn't let you comment on it. Ah, there you go. So anyway. Logged, All right. in as, logged in as Jeff Jones. Okay, let me see what. <laughs> this is stupid. This is a stupid proposal. I can't believe you suggested this. And well, you know what I would recommend? Um, like them or dislike them. Uh, but more importantly, if you dislike them, I think give Zach uh, and, the, and the board, uh, you know, why you dislike them. Uh, I think that would, that'll help in the future because if enough people give something like that, that might be a way to refine, uh, what the policy changes might be for the future. Uh, so if you do, if you do, if there's something you don't like, uh, which is your right. Uh, and I think if you can, uh, provide that feedback, but then also say, here's why. Okay. Yep. Sounds All right, good. Steve. Thanks, man. All right, Jeff. Take care, man. You have a good night. We'll talk to you soon. All right, we'll see you. Bye-bye.